Hi friends, this is Connie Alpers and I want to welcome you back to Equipped to Be, where I get to help you embrace and navigate the seasons of life so you can reach your personal family and parenting goals. We at Equipped to Be want you to understand how God has given you unique gifts, strengths, and talents so that you can live in all seasons with confidence and joy. Whether you're cooking dinner, holding laundry, or maybe just enjoying some time alone. I hope you enjoy this episode of Equipped to Be. Have you ever given someone headspace? You know, that you have allowed them to occupy or consume your thoughts. Maybe you have allowed them to, some people call it, get in your head. I call that occupying headspace. This was something interesting that happened the other night. Our family was out. Uh, we we typically make uh, family gatherings around birthdays, and when you have you know ten of us, currently there's ten of us in the family. That's uh, a lot of gatherings. But we, my kids, still, if we say, "Hey, it's so and so's birthday, we're going to get together," uh, usually, if everyone, whoever's in town, will make it happen. And this year, just the other day, we happened to have my daughter-in-law's birthday. And my son picked uh, bowling, you know, activity for all of us to, to join. And oh my gosh, it was so much fun. But this is a perfect example. And when this uh, person had joined us, and I'll tell you more of the story as I, I go into the episode a little bit later, but as we were bowling, you know, I'm watching everybody bowl and I'm bowling myself. And there was this one particular guy, he was just tearing it up. I mean, strike after spare after strike. And if you know anything about bowling, when you get a strike, that means you've knocked down all the pins. And when you've gotten a spare, you've usually hit a few pins in the first uh, roll, and then you've knocked all the rest down in the second, giving you what's called a spare. Anyway, those are very valuable because they up your score in the game of bowling. Well, I had noticed that he had a phenomenal game. I mean, it was just incredible. I was like, wow, I didn't realize you were such an avid bowler. And he had said, ah, oh, you know, I haven't bowled in a long time. I used to bowl when I was a kid. And, you know, everybody's is kind of like having fun and heckling each other and high-fiving and, you know, all the stuff that goes into having, I think there were 12 of us bowling and some, you know, extras that came. They didn't want to bowl, but they didn't want to miss out either. And I noticed that he finished the first game that I saw with a very high score. But the second game that I was watching, he was gutterballing them a lot. And I went up to him and I'm like, hey, what like what happened to your game? You've you've kind of lost it or fallen apart. I said, what's up? And he goes, I gave somebody, I won't mention names, but I gave somebody headspace. And I I just stopped for a minute and it just caught me. And I said, What do you mean you gave them headspace? He goes, Well, they're living in my head rent-free and messing up my mind. And I, I just had to start laughing. And he goes, basically, I don't let people live with me for free, but they can get in my head for free. And I'm like, yeah, I, I mean, I, I get you want to have people pay you know, rent and mortgage and stuff like that. But I said, it seems like that headspace property is like more valuable because somebody gets in your head. 
uh, and they start occupying that headspace, they can really derail you and not just a game of bowling. So we're going to talk about headspace, not giving other people valuable space between your ears. And if you do realize somebody has gotten into your head, how do you get them out? That's what we're going to talk about. All right. So when I, I used to think about, you know, how people could get under your skin, you know, they just, they say something or they taunt you. Uh, sometimes they needle you. And, and that, that can be your spouse, actually. It can be a friend. It can be a competitor. It could be anybody, really, anybody that has access to you. It could come in through the form of a tweet or a Facebook post or Instagram or, or whatever, through, even through an email. I get some of the craziest emails from people. And you have to laugh because, you know, when you're either speaking or you're writing, you're, you're going to get stuff. It just happens. But as I was thinking about this, this getting under my skin, relation to what this guy said about headspace, I thought, I've got to change that. They're not getting under my skin. They're getting in my head, and they're consuming my thoughts or perhaps even changing them. I've noticed there is a, a bit, and I think it's probably due to what we see in our political landscape, but and of course, access from social media. Uh, people can, I call them toxic pills. You know, they they don't plant a good seed. They don't plant good ideas. They sow seeds of doubt or divisiveness or maybe mockery. Uh, maybe they can just be subtle, like real subtle innuendos. And as I watched this game unfold, I started listening to what people were saying and how they were saying it. And I could instantly figure out who it was that was occupying this guy's headspace. And I just listened. And, and I started to realize something. There were some key elements that I started to realize that happened even in my life. That's something that's even been happening recently in my life. And I immediately had to take every one of those thoughts captive and say, oh no, you don't belong here. I'm not giving you permission to speak into me. I'm not giving you permission to plant those thoughts or undermine or bully. I, I'm, no, I'm not going to do that. Now, that's easier said than done, isn't it? Especially if it's an innocent little comment maybe even well-intentioned. Maybe it's, you know, kind of like for your good, to help you grow. But maybe it isn't. I, I'm not saying that people who try to, say, get under your skin, or now I like to call headspace, I'm not assuming or inferring that all motives are ill-intentioned. I'm not saying that at all. But I am saying the way we allow the words 
that other people speak, the way we allow their words to shape or influence us is our responsibility. You know, as you're listening, I I really, I, I want you to take notes this time because it matters. And it doesn't matter. I know many of you, I have, I have lots of listeners in their 20s and their 30s and their 40s, 50s. I've even got uh, listeners in their 60s, and I love it. I have grandparents that are listening because they want to be great-grandparents. I have uh, moms that are listening. I'm, I have wannabe moms. I have women that are trying to juggle the, the working, homeschooling, balancing life. I have women that are walking through some hard seasons. It's just a, a great group of listeners that we have here at Equipped to Be. But the more I have been reviewing what I have had in my journal, I keep seeing similar words that I would write down because uh, I, I journal pretty much every day. And I would see reoccurring thoughts and patterns. And if I were to bring up certain people or certain environments, I could see a pattern of, say, positivity or negativity coming as a direct result from input from others in those arenas. So let's say, you know, you may be in a homeschool co-op, you may be in a, a corporate environment, you might be in a toxic relationship, you might have a group of friends. Whatever that situation is, I, I want to ask you to consider something. Are the, quote, truth bombs that are being hoisted, planted, subtly suggested into your mind, are they making you better? Are they, are they drawing you back to truth, to Christ? Are they encouraging you to fulfill the assignment that God has for you? Do they make you wonder and doubt every time you are around them? Or just the mention of their name? Does that cause you to maybe feel a little insecure or unequipped? They make you doubt your intentions or your ability? Like this like this guy with the bowling, all it took for him to go from bowling a phenomenal game to being a good percentage of gutter balls, all it took was a constant drip of smack talk. I, I call it smack talk because, you know, my kids are young. I mean, they're they're not they're graduated and all. They're all living on their own. They're all in, in their field and vocation, but you know, they're ribbing on each other and and celebrating. It's not just a bunch of, you know, smack, but sometimes those words that we use that maybe we think are rather innocent or helpful, maybe they're really not. So you can't always stop what others are saying, not to you and not about you. Can't stop that. But what you can stop is giving them any headspace. 
you know, my mom used to always say, consider the source, because I would, you know, I'd come home and something would have happened and I would talk to my mom about it. And she'd always say, consider the source. Of course, when I was younger, I didn't see the full wisdom of that statement. Now I do. I guess it's come over time. And maybe that's why this particular podcast right now, you know, here we are. There's a lot of people saying a lot of things, and there's a lot of people making a lot of um, subtle comments. And that's why I wrote in the book, Parenting Beyond the Rules, Monitor Your Mouth. We don't know the impact of the words that we're saying to others. We, we don't really know where that's landing. As a mom and a dad, our motive is usually for the best of our kids, right? We, we want to say words that build them up and that edify, that empower and strengthen and encourage them. I mean, we don't want our words to make them walk away from our conversation feeling like a failure or feeling like they're incapable or feeling less than. We don't want that. Sometimes that can happen. And you know, I bet some of you right now, if you think about maybe your childhood, actually think about your childhood, but let's think about right now. How many of you right now can think about a scenario with your parents where maybe what they said wasn't meant for bad, but let's just say what they said has taken up a lot of space in your head and you can always hear this phrase or this sage advice, or like in my mom's case, consider the source. Maybe there were some not so good little phrases that were planted like, oh, that's stupid. Why would you do that? Oh, you know what? You're not very good at that. You should probably try something else. You're just, I could give you many examples, but just those two examples. I bet you can remember what it was that you did or were trying to do that you heard those comments. Don't be so dumb. Don't act like such an idiot. You're never going to be good at that. Math isn't your thing. See, this whole notion of giving someone headspace as a child, the things that others say to us, they do go in and they, we do give them headspace because we're children. We're, we're moldable, pliable. We're, we're trusting we, we look up to our parents and those in authority over us. And for instance, the coach who maybe you, when you were in high school uh, told you that uh, you weren't good enough to make it to the next level. Some of you believed it and you stopped trying. But then there's another group of you that's like, oh yeah, let me show you. But even now, maybe it's a spouse or maybe it's a friend or, 
Or maybe you gave too much permission and some of the words that were told to you, they still occupy some space between your ears that shape you, that, that in many ways are part of why you make the decisions that you make. You know, if, if somebody's telling you you're not really that good over and over and over again, then every time you seek to do something, what happens? <laughs> you believe it. You tell yourself. You start defeating your own self because of something maybe that was planted a long time ago. And I want to tell you right now, I want you to like, get your journal. I don't know when you're listening to this. Maybe it's, you know, this may be morning or afternoon, evening. I'm not sure. But I want you to write down people that are occupying headspace, that you can still hear them berating you, bullying you, putting you down, maybe accusing you. Write, write that stuff down. And then I want you to go systematically through each one. Okay, this is your exercise. And you know, by the way, come on over. Join me on Facebook, uh, ConnieAubers.author. Uh, I also am on Instagram. You can direct message me on either place. You can email me. I'd love to have your feedback. Visit the website. Go to ConnieAubers.com. Sign up for my email. Because equipped to be really at the core is to equip you to be what God's called you to be. And sometimes we have to remove the hindrances that are, are stopping us. And they could come from a variety of ways. They can be from your childhood. They could be from your college days. It could be from yesterday. But they're not paying you to have rent in your head. So stop giving it to them. But you're thinking, all right, Connie, all right, you've told me now. All right, I get it. Don't give people headspace. I get it. But how do I stop it? Well, you can't always stop it. We, you can't always stop it. You can put up boundaries. You can put borders around, uh, maybe interactions with certain people. Don't give them access to you. And if it's your boss, if it's uh, your spouse, if it's one of your kids, if it's one of your dear friends, well, I mean, I can't tell you to limit your time with your spouse, obviously, but you have to have some conversations. And then you have to make some decisions. What you're going to allow sh to shape and influence you, what is really from God and what isn't. Because sometimes, like I said, people's motives can be right. There could be a shred of truth. And as I guess my mom always used to say, consider the source, <laughs> I always used to tell my kids, Hey, listen, listen to it, pull out what is true, and then toss the rest. Don't mull over stuff that isn't true, that you know isn't true. Don't, get, don't keep sitting there thinking, well, maybe it is. It's like, don't try to do the square peg in a round hole. Do you know what that means? Don't allow other people's labels stick to you if they're not true. This applies to homeschooling. 
This applies to motherhood. I did a, a series on mastering motherhood because I had done a clubhouse. So you can find me in clubhouse. I'd love to have you join me over in clubhouse. But I did, a, somebody was asking me about mastering motherhood. And I literally, I, I love the concept. Gosh, I wish I could have mastered motherhood. But I realized, you know, I'm, I'm not parenting. I've already raised five children. And this is what I know. You don't master it. See, to master something means that you are an expert, that you always know how to handle everything because you are a master. I'm sorry, but raising kids, you don't master that. The minute you do, along comes pride. And we all know what happens to pride. Pride cometh and then the fall. You don't master it because the people that you're mothering are constantly changing as the wind blows some days. But we have to be very intentional about keeping our ears in tune and open and focused to what God says. And like I told my children, listen, there's wisdom in listening because we all have blind spots. And God does many times reveal a weakness in our lives or a character deficiency through others. I mean, through a, a comment or like through with me in my journal, I'll, I'll write things down and this person said this, or I'll write down a, a conversation that I had or something that I read or something that I listened to. And I'll just write down what like really just caught my attention, like headspace. And when I go back and I review what I've written, I see God speaking to me. I see what He's wanting me to give headspace to, what He wants me to give time and attention to. Because when we allow others to get in our head, get under our skin, they may be saying things that just aren't true. Consider what is said and then throw out the rest. Unless God's like you, God's strictly like you talking with God and God tells you X, Y, Z, anybody else, spouse included, pastor included, best friend included, you have to consider what they say. Apply what is true. Make changes where needed, and then let go of the rest. See, you living out the life God's called you to live is between you and God. You becoming that woman, that man who seeks the Lord with their whole heart, who desires to raise their children well, who desires to be a great wife or husband or friend or employer, employee. See, God's in the business of shaping and molding and forming us. And He uses those around us to help us be formed. But if we're not careful, we can accept blindly what someone says. And then we can miss the most important points, just like this guy did in bowling. And 
as I looked at him and I watched the rest of the game, no, he never did. Re- he never did recover. He never could get back into the zone of strikes and spares. Just he couldn't do it. When we had finished and we were all getting ready to head out, and you know, gave each other a hug goodbye and stuff, I looked at him and I said, "You have the power to let somebody mess with your head, to cause you to get derailed, to get off your game, or not." And just like you don't let people live with you without paying rent, don't allow people in your head and putting ideas in there that throw you off. If they're not pointing you back to God, if they're not challenging you in your walk to make so that you live a more holy life, if they're not encouraging you and inspiring you in your areas of strengths and helping you manage your weaknesses, but instead they just want to harp on your weaknesses so you feel defeated and discouraged, stop it. Cut it off. Stop it. Don't give them the opportunity to derail you. See, you have an assignment, and you got to be very busy. you got to be very intentional. And you got to be focused, laser-like focus in order to get to where God wants you to be. And he'll equip you for that calling. I promise you that. But you know, this is something that you've got to be mindful of your entire life, whether it's your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, your 50s, your 60s, wherever you are, whatever season you are in. And you know what? You may even be giving headspace to yourself. Yeah, okay, that's a kind of a weird one, isn't it? But how many times do you speak negatively to yourself? How many times do you beat down your own self? I mean, nobody even tried to beat you down. You're just doing a good job all by yourself. If you're intentionally doing this, if you're intentionally giving more power to the thoughts you have that aren't true, then you know what? You need to confess that. You need to stop it. You need to write it down, and then you need to make change. And literally, every time a negative thought, a defeatist attitude, a I can't, whatever that is, tell yourself no, and then redirect yourself to the truth. I'm fearfully, wonderfully made. God has a calling on my life. God has me in this season at this time for His purpose. It's going to refine me and grow me and make me stronger and wiser. I'll become more discerning. Always combat all that's going on in your thoughts, whether they're planted by other people or by yourself. If you want victory, if you want success, and I'm not talking about financial success, If you want to be used mightily by God, if you want to be effective, if you want to be the man or woman that God has called you to be, then this is what you have to do. Otherwise, you'll just be floating and tossed back and forth and never go anywhere because you're going to be stuck in the mud. You're going to be believing lies. 
Don't believe the lies. If there's truth, take it and apply it. If you procrastinate and you keep telling yourself, I'm such a procrastinator, stop procrastinating. That isn't a quality you want. Get to the root. Do the work. Do the hard work. If you're a procrastinator, find out why. Maybe it's just the job's too hard and you don't understand it, so it's better just to keep pushing it off. I don't know what it is. could be a gazillion things, right? But you control that. And with the power of the Lord, through prayer, through memorizing Scripture, knowing what His Word says, speaking against the negative thoughts that you inject or others inject in you, that is the key. That's where you will stop wrestling. That's when you'll start finding peace and joy and confidence in doing the assignment God has called you to do. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear from you on social media. I'd love your feedback. I had a listener uh, that I asked, hey, tell me about the podcast. What do you think about it? What do you like? What do you don't like? What do you want me to talk more about? You know, this has been a year of learning, learning what it is that encourages you, edifies you, and equips you. What is useless? You know, what episodes you're like, eh, skip. And I loved the feedback that I got. And I got it actually three times last week because I was doing a survey, and I would love to know what you like, what you would like to have more of. Is it real practical? How do I raise teens? How do I parent well? How do I balance it all? Whatever it is, how do I walk the Christian life amid the crazy culture that we live in? How do I be faithful? I'd love to hear. And there was a suggestion made that I just take an entire episode and do nothing but answer questions. So I'm thinking about that. I'll either do that on the episode, on air, or I'll do it on Instagram. But either way, I want to hear your feedback, and I really want to know if you give people headspace and you never really thought about it before and what you're going to do to stop it. Have a great day. Have a blessed week, and we'll see you next time. Well, that wraps up this episode of Equipped to Be. If you enjoyed this show, please share it with a friend or family member and hit subscribe so you don't miss a show. And thank you again for joining me. Remember that we are equipped for every season of life.